0: Welcome to the Platform Podcast. I am your host, Jordan Kundi-Wright, founder and head coach of the Twin Cities Kettlebell Club, and I'm on a mission to help others build sustainable, healthy habits. I know how hard that can be because I've struggled and succeeded to varying degrees throughout my life, but I've lost over 100 pounds and kept it off for over a decade now. The key for me was discovering my passion for lifting weights in kettlebell sport. On this podcast, we'll talk to athletes, coaches, experts, and everyday people about Kettlebell's fitness programming, nutrition, mindset, making an impact, and generally striving to grow and leave a legacy of positive change. Please join me.
1: Welcome into the platform podcast. My guest today is Carissa Sivarat. She is a kettlebell coach and athlete, and she is the co-owner of West Shore Warehouse. Thanks for coming in, Carissa. Appreciate having you on. Thank you for having me. So I always like to start with uh, having people tell us just a little bit about your background. Uh, how did you grow up? Where did you grow up? What was your What was your background growing up as as a kid? Oh, geez.
2: Um, so I grew up on Vancouver Island, um, in Stanishton, BC, um, Canada. Um, and so I was kind of out in the farmlands out there, um, born and raised in the same house. Um, so I lived there for 19 years. Um, pretty standard childhood, I guess um active active as a as a young kid i was lucky enough we grew up in a cul-de-sac so um lots of our neighbors had kids at around the same age so a lot of outdoor play um rode our bikes to school walked to school um got involved in sports at a young age but never really excelled at anything it was just kind of okay you know basketball sat on the bench a lot volleyball uh I don't think I made the team by grade nine, um, but did did uh, did enjoy activity. Um, got into rowing in grade 10, uh, and that's kind of where um, my love for competition began. Um, and so barely, straight by to make the team. Um,
1: and what, uh, what position were you in for, for crew? If uh, for, for people that are unfamiliar and uninitiated to crew, um what what position were you in on the boat? I was stroke
2: so I don't know if I was stroke because I was good at setting the pace or if I was stroke because I was uncoordinated and couldn't follow anybody else's pace <laughs> um but that's the first the first the first seat in the boat um so mainly um mainly swept so that's using one oar, um and and eight was our the boat that we competed in the most so Eight, eight rowers, and then we had one coxswain at the front that's uh, steering and uh, directing the boat, um, but also did some sculling, did some uh, races and pairs, um, and sculling oh, I mean, to, the two horse, yeah.
1: It's generally not good to have a fat coxswain, but if I was going to be in crew, I would probably be the person that they wouldn't want on an oar. They would just want me yelling at people. Because yeah. I, don't think, <laughs> I, don't think, I don't think I would be very useful, but I don't yeah. think I would make a crew team because they'd be like, uh, you throw off the physics t- too much. We don't, we, don't, we don't want people that are 110 kilos on the front of the boat. That's that's well, generally, generally it depends not good. on
2: how they balance the boat out, right? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Oh that's um, that's so that
2: good about, do you, how far do you want me to go
1: here <laughs> Oh no I, I'm I just I love uh, you're yeah. the first person I've talked to that that has a competitive crew background which is um yeah. I'm I'm, fa- I'm fascinated by crew because it's one of the sports that uh for people that that aren't familiar with it like you have to come out like as hard as you can at the start right because gaining momentum and getting off to a fast start is what is what really determines whether or not you can whether or not you can win a race. So it's, it's one of the few mm. sports where you can't pace yourself and you basically have to be able to, to suffer because you immediately go over lactic threshold almost within the first you know, portion of the race because you're going, you're going really, really fast, right? Am I, am I right about that? That's one of the things yeah, I've definitely. read about crew.
2: Well, I mean, the, ra- the race is 2,000 meters. So, you know, that's, that's depending on what the weather is like. That's anywhere between six and eight minutes. So it's like you don't have a lot of time to, to mess around. So it it is a fast start. Usually, you start with a power ten, so the really really strong ten strokes, and then you just set your pace from there. Um, yeah, I mean it, it goes by really really fast.
1: That's that's really interesting. I, I find I find crew to be a really a really fascinating sport, but I, I don't I don't know very much about it. So I'm I it. the first yeah, first person I've ever known that that, uh, that that competed in crew. So that's at least yeah. uh, at least at any level. That's that's awesome. Mm-hmm. So how did, how did you, how did you come across, how did you come across kettlebell sport then? When did, when did you get into kettlebells and, and, uh, how did you stumble come upon this sport?
2: So that was a lo- <laughs> So uh, my rowing career ended at 17. Um, and then I started kettlebell using kettlebells hard style. Um, when was that? It's in my thirties, I think. Um, and then, so I did hard style for about four years and then got into kettlebell sport. And how I got into kettlebell sport is actually kind of a funny story. There's a, another local Victoria coach that was doing kettlebells, and I actually uh, studied under him for uh, about six months before I did my certification through Agatsu because I thought, hmm, if I'm gonna teach this, I should probably know what I'm doing. Um, I guess backtracking there, what happened is I got into the fitness industry. Um, to learn how to personal train myself. I looked into hiring a personal trainer and I thought, wow, they're they're pretty expensive. So how much is it gonna cost to teach myself to do this for myself? So I went into the fitness industry not necessarily looking for a job, but my uncle at the time was working at a local rec center and he, he contacted me and said, hey, I'm hearing all this stuff about kettlebells. Can you come and instruct a kettlebell class here? I thought, I've known nothing about kettlebells, so maybe I should figure it out. So um, I, I sought out one of the coaches here on the island. Um, he was the only person I could find. And so I studied under him for about six months before I took my uh, certification. And then from there, we kind of stayed in contact on and off, you know, through gym, gym stuff. You kind of you stay in contact here and there through uh, social media. And he sent an, uh, an email out to our gym because at that point I had opened up a gym um, where we did hard style kettlebells, and he was doing a fundraiser, um, and it was I think four or five different events, and they were about three to four minutes, so they're all very varying times. But it was you know double front squats with the, the kettlebells. It was uh, double push press. It was half snatch. Um, farmers walks, a lot of a lot of really fun fun events, and I went and I brought a crew down there and we did a little competition and I was like, this is really really fun. Like I never had done like a time set like that. I was just kind of using them for for fitness, right? Yeah, that, and that he sounds said,
1: like a, like a CrossFit kettle, like a kettlebell CrossFit competition kind of like, but only, yeah. only for kettlebells. That's that's really totally. cool
2: Yeah, so it was, it was really fun, and then he said, you know that they do uh, kettlebell sport?" Right, and I was like. Mm heard really nothing about it uh, and he said yeah there's a competition that they do on the island and at that point Linda Gilmore was another kettlebell instructor she'd been hosting kettlebell sport events on the island I think only for a couple of years by that point and she was one of the first over here um, and they had one coming up I think this was in November um, in 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 May and I thought oh, I could train for that that sounds really fun um, so I had no idea what I was doing and, uh, went in there with hard style technique. <laughs> so that was, that was pretty fun. Uh, so definitely learned a lot from my first competition. So that was 2014. Um, nice. so that's where my kettlebell sport career started.
1: Nice. That's fantastic. <laughs> and, and how has it, how has it progressed over, over the last, over the last six years, uh, <laughs> from going from your first competition, only doing hard style, to uh, uh, over the last six years, you've you've evolved to a very high level lifter now.
2: Um. Well, what? <laughs> uh, thank you. Um. Well, how did it evolve? So I only did one competition that year, um, doing hard style, and I went in 16k one arm biathlon. Um, and. I didn't really know a lot, again, about the sport, so I just looked at the ranking charts and saw, oh, I got rank one, that means I should be ready to go up to the next size weight. Still kind of clueless. And so I started training with the 20 kilogram for one arm biathlon, but my technique was not there at all. started getting some shoulder pain, like could not make the length of the sets that I wanted to make, so switched to one arm long cycle because I was stubborn and thought, well, I still want to lift the heavy weight, <laughs> even I'll though- just do
1: fewer, I'll just do fewer reps, but move the weight further. <laughs> yeah, right, so I thought- I'm like, not, not gonna got, stop. You know,
2: long cycle is, is a little bit easier to one arm long cycle, uh, move up in weight than it is for something like snatch, where it's so so technical, right? Like you can rest in the rack position if you've got a good rack position one arm long cycle. So my next competition was almost a year later. I went down to the ice chamber, um, in San Francisco because everybody had been talking about, and some of those ladies had actually come up and competed in that competition. I went to, you have to go and see these ladies lift, lift, right. And they're all lifting the green kettlebells and right. And so, um, Jess
1: DiBiase and Ksenia and
2: yeah. Right. And so you get really excited. Like, Oh, this is awesome. Okay. So, At that point, so when I first started kettlebell sport, one of my uh, friends who I had actually worked with for a while, she was asking me about kettlebells, and I said, hey, well, I'm going to teach, I'm going to train for this kettlebell sport competition. Um, I have no idea what I'm doing, but if you want to do it with me, you can, and she said, sweet, okay, let's do this. So I (laughs) trained her with no idea what I was doing, so we both competed in May that first one, and then we both went down to San Francisco uh, the next February. So that was February 2015, and that's where I took kind of my first real kettlebell sport seminar um, with the Ice Chamber crew down there. And then that's when it was eye opening in the fact that like I wasn't even swinging properly. So <laughs> so from there it just I really just honed in on technique because I realized like if I want to progress and be able to make any sort of, uh, high repetitions in any lift, I'm going to have to really focus on technique. It's not just about strength or or mental grit. Right. So from there, I just sought out as many, um, uh, as many seminars as I, as I could find, um, and researched videos and videoed myself a lot um, and had two coaches in that time and then finally thought okay it's time for me to really buckle down and get serious here and so i hired dennis vasilev in 2016 i believe and so at that time i hadn't really seen a lot of women do doubles Am I going too far? Is this off topic? No, this is,
1: no, no, you're, no, okay. this is, so, this is fantastic.
2: Okay. So, um, in 2016, I think it must've been, I hired Dennis Vasilov. and, um, I don't know if you like me saying this, but I hired him to, to, um, progress in 20 K snatch. And he, with my program said that I had to do doubles. And I was like, well, why do I have to do doubles? And he said, you're not a real kettlebell lifter unless you lift double bells.
1: I was like all right <laughs> okay, so, so. so as an as an aside I have also had Dennis, Dennis as a coach uh, yeah. I worked with that, I worked with Dennis for for a little over a year and mm-hmm. I had a similar conversation it wasn't about whether whether or not to do doubles but when I had started I was I was recovering w- with Dennis I was recovering from some injuries and and uh, and I was like I I like I'm really you know, I'm, I'm a, I'm a big guy. I'm a, I'm a heavyweight. I'm not going to catch, I'm not going to catch even Denisov anytime soon, you know? And I was like, I was like, I really want to, I really like these five minute events because, you know, I really suffer at the, the seven minute point And that's really where I, I really hit the wall. And I'm, I'm not, I'm not doing well in the 10 minute events, but I'm do I do really well in these five minute events. So I really, I really think I want to focus on trying to go five minutes. <laughs> and he, It was a very similar yeah. thing. You just said, you're not a real kettlebell lifter and le- you're not doing kettlebell sport unless you're lifting 10 minutes. We go yeah. lighter and we go the full 10 minutes. I don't care. <laughs> Totally. <laughs> he was like, I mean he wasn't that blunt like you know Dennis no. he's very nice he was very kind very about it nice. but he was he was yeah. just he was just like he was yeah. just like well basically if you're not doing 10 minutes you're not actually doing kettlebell sport you're kind of exactly blown. right was kind of, like yeah, he, yeah, that's how I interpreted it like just like yeah, you know, no, no, right? real kettle real kettlebell is yeah. 10 minutes
2: well you know what and the further I get into it the more I'm like I agree right <laughs> <laughs> like I'm, and I'm so glad that he got me on doubles well there was two two kind of ego ego Little, uh, blasts at that point because when I hired him I was like okay I'd already worked up to six or seven minutes with the 20k and snatch doing like super slow like 12 rpm or something
1: and uh he put you at, he put you at 20 rpms I'm, I'm just gonna he, go out on a limb no, and say he, he put you at he, 20 rpms
2: no he took me down to the eights so my training oh yeah pro- yeah, I mean,
1: yeah I was gonna say I meant he, he probably <laughs> took your weight take your weight way down and was like no you need to go 20 yeah. reps per minute
2: so I started my training program biathlon with eight kilograms and I worked to cycle through eight kilograms and 10 kilograms. And I was like, Oh, and, you know, like ch- try not to get <laughs> angry about it. But like, again, during, and then also looking back it like, it made such a huge difference in, in my lifting and my progress taking, taking the weight down. So it was like, but so the, the cycle with the eights, the cycle with the tens, the twelves, the fourteens, right? So, um, I'm I am really thankful for him getting me into lifting doubles because I'm not sure if I would have because I felt they were kind of awkward. Um, I mean, who who's, who knows who knows if I would have got into it or not? But he did kind of force that that uh, um, path, I guess. Yeah, um, pushed outside
1: your comfort zone like a good coach. Totally plays, right. right?
2: Um, and just the amount of 10 minute sets you get in when you go into those lighter bells, right? It's like, I think when you're working close to your capacity, um, you can't constantly be doing 10 minute sets, right? It just breaks you down with that weight. So just, just the amount of 10 minute sets that I got in and push through and worked pace and now a number of reps where I wasn't struggling just to hold on to the weight where I could just pump out solid sets I think it really really helped build that foundation to become the lifter that um, I am today so I'm really thankful to him for that
1: yeah Dennis, um, Dennis is fantastic he's 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 a great he's a great coach I don't know if he'll ever yeah. hear this this podcast but if he does you know shout out to Dennis yeah. right? he's he's yeah. one of the He's one of the legends of the sport, obviously, and he is truly truly a great coach as well as a yeah. phenomenal lifter. I mean it's the proof is in the pudding. When when the what nine time world champion tells you to go down to eight kilos, you you go down to eight kilos, right? You're just like, I know, oh, right? Well, whatever <laughs> yeah, like, whatever you say. <laughs> okay, <laughs> he he did he you. did very similar with me. He took me from I was I was trying to push for twenty fours and he was like, Nope, sixteens. You're, yeah. you're like, we're What? Working, <laughs> we're working with sixteens. I was like, sixteens? I'm I'm, I'm 265 pounds, like 16. Yeah, right? like, yes. <laughs> it's like, yes, but you can't finish, you can't finish 10 minutes at 20 RPM. So you, you yeah. need to go light, you know, he very pushed me very, very well. So what are some yeah. other coaches that you've worked with? You said you hired another coach as well. I know you've said Dennis. So, is the second um, coach as well, right? so
2: the my first coach was the guy from Victoria. Um, and I'm like c- coach kind of, friend I guess like I went and saw him maybe four times before I competed in that first competition just for some personal training just to get an idea of what I was supposed to be doing he gave me some programming here and there I basically just looked up my programming online uh looking back on it it was kind of it's kind of funny um what I followed there and then from there I worked with Linda Gilmore for a very short period of time Um, and then coach myself again, I think it's hard to find a good fit. Right. Um, and then I worked with Dennis for nine months, as great of a coach as he is. I don't believe, and he gave me a lot and I'm really thankful. There was just something that was missing for me at at one point. So I um, coached myself for about a year and a half. I went to South Korea. Um, I really love the doubles, double long cycle especially. I went to Cali, California Open 2017, I guess. Yeah, and then I went to South Korea. I made the uh, national team and I uh, represented Canada in Seoul. Um, And then from there... I was hosting, I'd been hosting kettlebell competitions at our gym since I started. So, so from 2014 on, I would do, um, kind of an in-house competition, nothing serious, no ranking, right? Just as a good way to have people get introduced to lifting and have fun and nothing serious. Um, and so in 2017, we hosted ours after we came back from, soul and we had charlie uh fornelli and katherine yep. goldbeck and slava i can't pronounce his last name because slava, i want to say it's, anyways i'm uh, always
1: terrible with the eastern european names i feel so yeah, bad right. so i, I, I so butcher sorry, the crap slava. out of them so i'm not i'm not gonna try <laughs>
2: lava likes lava. Um, they came down from the Okanagan to the competition and I just asked, Hey, do you guys mind doing a seminar after? Cause I always love going to competitions and then the day after doing a seminar, because you're coming fresh out of your lift and you're ready to learn. Right. Uh, cause yeah, you're humble
1: <laughs> or you're, or you're yeah. happy one way or the yeah, other. You're,
2: and you're just, you just, you want to get better. Okay. So now I've done this now, how do I get better? Right. So, uh, they taught a seminar, um, at my gym. And it was great. And I just reached out to them after, and I said, "Hey, I've been doing my own programming. Do you mind if I send it to you? Because i I want to work up to the 20s for a long cycle, and I just want to make sure that I'm on the right track." And Catherine said, "Oh, I don't know. I don't really wanna. I don't really wanna mess with anyone's program. I'm not a coach. I mean, she'd be she'd given me a lot of uh, tidbits. Like, there's a lot of coaches or uh, lifters that will give you give you feedback." Um, that are great that aren't necessarily coaches and Charlie said I'll do it and I said okay so I sent him my programming and he I don't even know if he looked at it (laughs) he just started sending me programming his own programming which was so (laughs) much different so much different than any of my programming I was like oh I guess you're my coach now So so he kind of accidentally became my coach um, and I really enjoy his programming and it pushes me in a way that, um, I've, I'm not able to push myself. Um, mm. and he's so good with, uh, feedback and video analysis that, um, it just took my lifting to the next level and where I wanted to go. So I've been working with him since the end of 2000, maybe it, I'm not sure if the programming started at, in December 2017 or January 2018, but somewhere around there. So he's been programming for me and work, we've been working together since then. Nice. Which is kind of funny because the very first competition I went to in Victoria here, um, I remember seeing this dude lifting reds. And I was like, "What is this guy doing?" He's lifting
1: all, <laughs> and he's wiry. Like, he's he's wiring.
2: Three events in with these reds, and I remember sitting there just being like, "I gotta watch this dude." And I watched all three <laughs> of his events, and I was like, "Blown away!" Because I'm like, "I've never seen this before." New to the sport, I thought green was like the heavyweight, right? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah, right. I'm like, and this, is... anyways. So it's kind of funny. I didn't had no idea who he was, but now he's coaching me. Um, so that's kind
1: of Char- Charlie, Charlie's a freak. I mean, he's, I mean, as far as li- as far as lifters go, I mean, there are not many people that can do a triathlon with the 32s. I mean, that, that is no. like, to me, that's the pinnacle, right? Like that's, I would love yeah. to get to that point at some point in my, to have the conditioning and the technique and the mental toughness to be able to do three 10 minute sets with the 32 kilo bells. I mean, that's, uh, that's, super, totally. that's super, super, super impressive. Yeah. And he
2: actually got me into triathlon. Um, My first triathlon I did before he was coaching me, but it wasn't technically a true triathlon. It was in the Cali Open because what they do is their events are split up over the three days. So they'll do jerk one day and then snatch the next day and then long cycle the next day. And I always feel like if I'm traveling for a competition, I don't want to do, I feel like one event is a bit of a waste. So I've always wanted to do either like anytime I've, I've, Competed.
1: It's always like I got to do biathlon or I got to do two events or whatever. I'm I'm, so, I'm, I'm I'm even more frugal than that. I'm just like if I if I put money down, I'm getting my money's worth. Well, yeah, I, made that my, right. I made that my I made that my mistake. My first my first competition ever. I was like, well, I'm signing up for all three events, even though I'd only trained for long cycle. I still yeah. try. I still tried to do all all three events because I was just really? like, well, I spent I spent 75 bucks to register for this for this thing. Why wouldn't I do all three events? I didn't obviously I did I didn't, I didn't realize how, how, uh, how much of a shock I was in for trying to do all. Three. Totally.
2: And usually they put long cycle is the last event of the day. So if that's what you want to focus on, you're like, oh, I just blew myself out doing two other events before, before your main event. Right.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
2: Yeah.
1: yeah. So, so you said that you said Charlie's programming was very different from your own How So,
2: um, so I do a lot of weight. Uh, work with different weights. <laughs> I don't know how to explain. So um, a lot of volume. There's a lot of volume. Um, there's he doesn't do the uh take take you down to lighter weight for a while and then go back up. You're always working with a mixture of weights. Mm. Um. And a lot so, like, of so like
1: if your, if your competition weight is 20 kilos at, uh, we'll just say whatever, 10 reps a minute for a long cycle, you might do some sets at, at 16 with a higher RPM. And you might do some sets at like a 24 with a lower RPM. Is that, is, yeah, is that well like,
2: so rarely am I working with a weight heavier than I'm going to lift unless I'm working towards that next weight. But so say if I'm working like, yeah, 20, um, 20k long cycle or whatever, right? And I'm working 10 RPM. You know, my first set might be a four-minute set at 10 RPM with the 20s. And then my next set would be, you know, two or three minutes with the 18s at a faster pace, and then 16s. Um, and the 16s are just basically like I'll do like two two-minute sets at whatever, 14, 15 RPM. Um but I've been training triathlon with him since I started. So my week will usually look like, except for right now I'm doing a lot of long cycle, but my week in general would look like a jerk day, a long cycle day, a jerk day. Um, and then if I needed to work an extra day on cleans, then there'd be some cleans in there. And then snatch would be on my jerk days. And then a glove snatch on an in-between day. So I'd be doing four days of lifting, but my glove snatch—I don't know if you'd really count that as a day of lifting because it would be like you know eight or ten-minute glove snatch with a 12k, not really super taxing, but just to get that. Um, it is for get, get that technique down, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, so spe- uh, speaking of technique, I just, I have to get, I have to give a shout out uh, both to you and to, to Audrey, who's one of my athletes. Um, she was the one who, who pointed me to your Instagram profile uh, yeah. a couple months, a couple months back, because she was, she had never done much snatch work. And I was encouraging her to do snatch work to get into triathlon because she's a, she's a good lifter. And she started sending me some of, some of your content and was like, it's like, I really like her, I really like her breakdown here. I really, I was like, I was like, oh yeah, she's got, she's got great technique. And then I started following your, following you. And and uh, and some of the content that you put out is is fantastic. So I I awesome. want to give give you a shout out for for putting out quality content on technique and and everything. And uh, I I really I really appreciate that. So I, that Thank will you. segue me into my my question is when it comes to the three lifts. Um, you just wrote. You just wrote a little poem about the three lifts. I won't put you on the spot and, and have you and have you recite it. But uh, tell tell me tell me what it is that you like uh, like and hate about each of the three lifts. Because you, you I won't I won't spoil I won't spoil your message. But uh, I really enjoyed that. I really enjoyed that <laughs> post. So so tell everybody about your your ode your ode to triathlon. Oh, my ode to
2: triathlon. Oh, that, that was an ode to long cycle. Oh yeah, was, you're right. I'm it, sorry. Ode, it was a to long, to cycle, long cycle because I was trying to make up to. Too long cycle for not giving it a chance at the beginning <laughs> because I was so when I was really focusing on snatch it was because uh at that ice chamber event the two heads of the CKA came up and said hey do you want to compete at, uh at a world event like you we want you on team Canada you'll have to make the team um at nationals and then you can go to Ireland but women only compete in snatch I was like, oh, perfect. I like snatch. That's my favorite lift anyway. So I'll move from that one arm long cycle that I didn't really like anyways. I just was doing it because I had an ego. Um, to snatch. <laughs> so so snatch was kind of like the lift that I really enjoy. So the ode to long cycle was more like, sorry, long cycle. I didn't give you a chance. But now it's my favorite lift. Um, so things that I love and like and dislike about each lift. So... I really enjoy snatch when you can get into a rhythm. Like sometimes you're snatching and it feels like you could snatch forever. You just get into a zone, everything's flowing, your breath, you're just breathing and you're moving, right? Um, And then all of a sudden your grip's gone and you're like, what the hell? I got 10 more reps (laughs) left. (laughs) Um, So I really like the flow of snatch and the rhythm of snatch. Um, I like the weight transfer. You're like, you're rocking rocking with the bell, um, but I also find it one of the most frustrating lifts, because if you're doing something a little bit off, it mm. eats away at your grip, and your and your forearms just blow up, right, yeah, so, you don't
1: feel it, you don't feel it until you're, you know, too deep in to fix it, at that totally, point, totally, right,
2: it's just like, all of a sudden, it's like, oh, okay, well, I got maybe 30 seconds left, right, uh, feels good, feels good, and then it doesn't, Um, so it it is one of the most frustrating lifts for me in that respect, because sometimes you don't know what you're doing wrong (laughs) until you're done.
1: Or even even what you're doing right sometimes too, right? Like I've, I've had that experience where you're like, you're like, Oh God, that was awesome. What did I do <laughs> like, yeah. and you got to go back you got to go back and watch the video and like put it in yeah. slow motion, you're like you're like, oh my God, what was it? I, I had that with actually one of with one of watching one of your videos where you were really exaggerating the deflection into the drop and yeah. and staying really close on your path on the drop to save grip strength on that on that 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 bell dissension right and and I was like, Oh my God, look at how far back she's leaning. And then I looked at my own video and I'm like, I felt like I was leaning back, but I really wasn't. And oh, so then guy. I started so many moments like that. <laughs> then I started then I started then I started really exaggerating it. And the first time it really felt good, I was like, Oh my God, I saved like so much grip strength. I hit I went from 18 RPMs to 20 RPMs for this whole set. I was like, oh my gosh, I think I tagged nice. you in that post. I hope, I hope I did, but uh, it, was, yeah. I, it was just such a, like, such an aha moment, you know, but I still, I still find myself struggling to recapture that every set because, you know, every set is a little bit different, but like, I know that, I know that I need to get that habit ingrained where deflect back, shorten the path on the drop, you know, those, those mm-hmm. things, but
2: uh, until I, it becomes yeah. unconscious and, yeah. and you're just doing it because that's, that's the thing with snatch too is like sometimes you start focusing on too many things and the whole thing goes to shit, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. Just so
2: trying to work, trying to work those technical points without overthinking too much. And that's the, the other thing about snatch too is like just do it, don't overthink it. But
1: you did can't you hear know. that, Audrey? Aud, Audrey, make note. Just do it, don't
2: overthink it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like ah! Yeah and so I try to I try to and I also say this to to my uh my students as well is like you know think of one thing per set maximum two and if you are going to think of two things like split it up in the set so your first minute it might just be like if your breath focus is your is your focus it's like the first minute just focus on your breathing and then get into a rhythm and then all of a sudden it's like okay that next minute or maybe the third minute is like hand insert, hand insert, hand insert. And you're just like thinking about that one thing because it's like, if you're like, okay, breathing rhythm. Okay, hand insert. All right, deflection. All right, is my arm connecting? Oh, hips, weight up. Uh, everything is just, it just falls yeah, apart.
1: Weight, it, weight shift, at, yeah.
2: Weight shift, right? It's, I mean, there's like 75 things to think about when you're snatching. There's so many little intricate details. It's like part of the reasons why I love and hate it so much is it are those intricate details. But it makes it so exciting because it, every time you lift, it's not the same like as much as we're and I'm I'm imagining you probably feel the same like, yes, we're performing the same three lifts over and over again, but there's so many intricacies within those lifts that it's like, you never get bored.
1: You're always chasing the dragon. (laughs) Yeah,
2: yeah. I mean, you're never going to get there, but it's still fun to try.
1: Never gonna so, catch it, but but you know you you feel like some days you get closer than others. Like, yeah. Oh I just I was I was so close that day.
2: Totally. So um that's what I love about Snap. Um oh, maybe you shouldn't leave jerk to the end. <laughs> 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 jerks are jerks. Um so uh long cycle. I like the rhythm of long cycle. Um I like the flow, I like the relaxation that you can get in it's so funny when I tell my lifters, they're like, This is so relaxed. <laughs> this is not relaxed at all. Um, but like, just finding those little points of relaxation, you know, and your cleans where it's like, Okay, don't pull. You got to get to a point where the bells start to separate or your arms start to separate from your body in that split second. That's where you're bringing those bells in. Like, you got to find those little spots where your arms are just like ropes attached to the bells um, and just hitting the perfect position for your rack so that your launch feels super strong to overhead. Um, it's a really great rhythm and I love the cardio blast. like I like I like <laughs> maybe this comes from rowing I don't know I like just feeling like I'm t- toast, but I keep going like I'm so out of breath. Yeah. Um, but there's just just so that little bit more like you're burning but you can still you can still get a little bit more out of yourself. Um, and one I find more rep. That, just one more rep. And then I find that's what you can get a long cycle more than snatch or jerk is like, it, it is that cardiovascular, um, I guess, ch- challenge within lifting somewhat heavyweight. I mean, it's not, I mean, it's obviously it's not gonna be a max, max weight submaximal but I mean it it still has that strength component of the jerk where it feels really powerful um so I like that that pairing together of the the strength and the um feeling out of feeling out of breath and gasping for air but still being able to to push um yeah and then jerk I mean jerks are pretty powerful movement I like the power of 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 bumping those bells under up and then landing underneath them. Um, That feels good. But jerk can get a bit monotonous in the fact that like, your rest is in rack or overhead. Yeah. So if your rack position is getting uncomfortable or your bells are in the wrong spot in your hands and your hands are just like, you got those little pressure points that are so painful, it can be a horrible experience (laughs) Um, but but you get through it right and then you're
1: like yeah i um, i kind of have my i kind of have my 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 like succinct summary of it is is jerk is all about being able to tolerate localized suffering because you can't spread it out long cycle is all about the the cardio and mental grit component of it and then snatch is like the lift for perfectionists because you can just you can just never quite get it exactly right you know that's a good way
2: way to put it i like that (laughs)
1: yeah they're, they're, they're all they're all challenging in their own unique in their own unique ways and yeah. I, I i started i started out hating jerks hated yeah. hated jerks and it was coach vivial aaron vivial from texas kettlebell academy uh told yeah. me no you're gonna love jerks you just don't realize it yet you know, he's just like you're gonna love them because that's what you're built for. Uh, he's yeah. like the other one's not so much, but that's yeah. that's what you're built for. And he was right. Like once I once I started getting a feel for jerks and could start getting a decent rack position, uh, I I started to fall in love with jerks. It's probably still my probably still my favorite lift now, but uh, awesome. originally it was long cycle. I still have yeah. a love hate. I still have a love hate with snatch because it is so hard to get those. Yeah. Like, it's, it's like golf for me. It's the same thing. It's so technical. And there's so much so many moving parts. And like, when you're when you're when you're flowing, and it's going well, it's it's amazing. And it just takes those few reps that feel perfect that keep you coming back. But there's so yeah. many in between that you're like, what did I do? Uh, okay, yeah. <laughs> you know, you, you focus on one piece at a time, like you said, and, and do just one swing thought or one movement thought and for that. For that set, and that's uh, that's been really helpful for me doing doing that same kind of focus one one thought at a time because otherwise it's it's too much.
2: And it also can be so frustrating because you watch people that are really good, and you're like, oh, it looks so easy. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the bells is floating, right? Wow, that looks so easy. I can do that and you're like yeah. no <laughs> why isn't it so easy for me but like those <laughs> those people are working they're still working it's just like they've worked so much that they're making it look easy like like gymnasts right you're like holy like they're just flipping around jumping around like it's nothing but I mean the amount of years and practice they put in to be able to make it look like that yeah yeah.
1: Ab- yeah absolutely like uh danielle from the texas kettlebell academy i, I love wa- i love watching her snatch when she snatches it looks it looks so easy and jess, Go- jess yeah. gorman with her with her cleans and charlie is another one like I, when he's when he's moving dennis I, dennis obviously like he just looks like a metronome and i'm yeah just, I, I, I'm, I'm 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 like 90 percent certain that dennis is actually a cyborg but um that's a, <laughs> <laughs> that's, uh, another conversation that's a whole other that's a whole other that's a whole other a whole other thing but yeah, yeah. so so now been, he's
2: been lifting for 20 years that's how i just tell myself he's been lifting for
1: 20 years so yeah exactly exactly when <laughs> he's i mean and he's he's obviously genetically gifted for it too i mean yeah, some people yeah. are just just built the right way for the sport and just you know like they have the right proportions and and those types of things, but, uh, you know, that's, that's, that's yeah. a, you can't, you can't change those things, but, you know, no. as somebody, as somebody who's, who's been in it now for, you know, for a, almost a decade, you know, including your, your hard psych your, your hard style years, what, what's something that you wish somebody had told you when you first started? Like, if you could go back and, and tell, you know, <laughs> tell, tell your earlier self or you get a brand new lifter, like what's something that you wish you would tell somebody would have told you when you first started?
2: Um. It's hard for me to say because I feel like I was so stubborn back then that I don't know if I would have listened um but and I did get these throughout like as I as I got further into it just the, just the importance of staying light and working your technique and like not being afraid to drop the weight down to work on your technique I think that was a uh, that was eye-opening when I started working with Dennis, um, and not being in such a rush to get, get anywhere. Right. Like if, yeah. if you love this sport, it's just, just take the time. Just, you know, don't get hung up on, you know, the upcoming competition. I've got to be here. And this is like the number I need. And the, it's like, there's so many competitions. There's going to be another one. If this one isn't fitting into the training cycle that you need, like to, to get to where you Feel like you should be like just let it go or go lighter right I don't know um, feel like it's easy to get caught up in the uh, heavy heavier faster
0: more pull that, of, yeah. like, more
2: right where it's like actually a lot of times in this sport less is more you know like it, if you if you're continually continuing to fail your sets then take take the weight down right um, if you're not making 10 minutes on the platform, then you need to make 10 minutes with the bell size, one, one or two sizes lighter, or three sizes lighter. You gotta, you gotta work that endurance first. Um, and at that ice chamber, uh, uh seminar, they said, you know, endurance first, endurance first. They totally drilled that in. And I was like, okay, okay. Like, you know, str- strength is a last. like endurance first then you work your speed, then you go up and wait. Um, so maybe, maybe that, but like I said, I don't know if I would have heard it until I needed to hear it when I was starting. Um, so that, um, I also, maybe this is the life thing is like, just like, don't take other people's opinions on things as your own. Um, because I did when I was taking some of my certifications to do hard style, one of the mm. le- leaders there briefly brushed over kettlebell sport. I I don't know if I was ready to hear it or I didn't really pay attention much, but he had said it's so boring. Like, why would you do it? They just keep doing the same thing over and over for ten minutes. And I was like, so I kind of had that impression in my head of like, oh, this is like a real boring sport. So I never looked into it so you know don't take other people's opinions on things as as your own because we all enjoy different things um so i think that's important you know go go try it for yourself see if you like it and also don't just try it for a week right like it's easy to get frustrated the first week of trying anything (laughs) new right like (laughs) you gotta give it a good decade
1: before you realize (laughs) yeah like
2: you suck at everything you try for the first time, um, and then maybe just like exploring other lifts. Because again, right, I got so stuck in like, oh, I'm gonna be a snatch a snatcher that like I wasn't open to trying long cycle or jerk with the double bells until a coach basically forced me to do so.
1: Yeah, that's that's one thing that that's one thing that I find really interesting about the kettlebell sport. Um, sport as a differentiator between uh, like powerlifting, right? Because in powerlifting, if you're going to compete in powerlifting, most people do all three lifts, right? You, you, you bench, you squat, and you deadlift. You don't see many, you don't see many people enter a powerlifting competition and say, yeah, I'm just going to bench or I'm just going to squat, right? Because you don't win, you don't win the overall meet by, being the best in any one lift, you win by you win by being the best in three lifts. It's it's an interesting yeah. thing in kettlebell sport that you have people who are very specialized in like in one lift or two lifts. If they're a biathlon specialist, I just I find that to be kind of an interesting uh, dichotomy between the between the sports. I think there's a I think there's a it feels like there's a shift towards triathlon happening in the sport. I don't know if you would agree with that or not, but. Yeah. I, I see a lot of I see a lot of people going going that direction. A because I think it's more fun and more interesting. Um, mm-hmm. But 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 also I I think there are a lot of people who who really respect the being a really well-rounded lifter. Totally,
2: and with all three lifts, you you do become that. And like you watch like Dennis's training program, right, for himself, and I think how he programs for his lifters, right? He's got like part of the year. It's biathlon, and the other part of the year is long cycle, so it gives the body a break in between and mind a break in between and like we can take a lot from him in in terms of like looking at it long term. It's like you're not gonna lose anything or much if you decide to take six months and work long cycle only, and then the next six months you work biathlon only like you're still those those live lifts still complement each other, right. You might yeah, feel I, like you're I literally hard. just told
1: one of my athletes this morning, when in doubt, long cycle. <laughs> she was like, yeah. like I, miss, I missed a day and we've got another session tomorrow. So what do I do today? I've got time today. And I was like, Hey, when in doubt, long cycle, you're never going to, yeah. you're, you're never going to go wrong by doing long cycle.
2: Totally. And I, I always like long cycle too, because it's like such a short, usually a shorter training. Like I, I love my long cycle days. Cause I'm like, Oh, it's a short train. It's not going to take me forever. Right. Yeah, um, yeah,
1: you're like, you're like, wait a minute, we're done in 45 minutes, not 90 minutes. Oh my gosh, this is, this.
2: (laughs) Biathlon training can get a lot, right? You're like, oh, okay, so I got to fit my jerk and my snatch and clean everything up.
1: And your GPP and your mobility. And your GPP and and your mobility. Yeah, right. It becomes a lot. It can be overwhelming. So so speaking of which, if I did the math right earlier, it sounded like you trained like eight days a week um, between all of the different things that you do. But, oh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> what? what uh, no, because so you're talking about a glove set on one day and it's it that, But but how how do you how do you typically? I mean, obviously right now times are a little bit crazy. Everybody's routine is a little bit off. But uh, typically, how do you how do you like to structure your 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 program? Do you like to do everything all at once in in a few days a week, or do you do your cardio on your off days and your mobility on your off days and then under the bells on your other days, or how do you go about it?
2: So I mobilize every session cause I enjoy it. Um, and it's a good way to warm up my body. And I find that the heavier bells I lift with the more I need to be prepared mentally and physically. And I find that mobility kind of like sets my head straight as well because, um, I work a lot and uh sometimes it's hard to quiet the brain because I also work out at my work. So a lot of times you're getting ready to work out and you're like, oh shit, I forgot I had to adjust this person's membership. Over there I've gotta clean that corner or I gotta reorganize this. So it's you gotta try to like just block that stuff out and, and train. So I find that the mobility really helps me just ignore that stuff and check into my yeah. body
1: and, and that's get a unique get challenge of prepared. being a gym owner that that works out like that's a really unique challenge of being a gym owner that works out in your own facility because you don't have in, you don't have that that mental transition that like if you were working in a separate office building and coming to the gym you have that that differentiation of the spaces right when you go to the gym it's time to work out right but for when sure. you work, when you work there and it's your facility, it's like, oh shit, I, I just noticed that the squat rack needs oiling or, oh, I noticed that there's, there's a spill over there that I need to clean up. And you're like, oh wait, I'm supposed to be starting my long cycle set in two minutes. I need yeah. To
2: focus. Yeah, totally. And it's, it, it, there's all, there's always something to do. There's always, and I had to just be like, I'm never going to be caught up on everything. So like getting to the point of that too. Right. And with the COVID stuff too, like it's just It's just more work, Um, which is fine. We're happy that we can operate and keep people safe. But um, so that's why I mobilize every session. Um, So in terms of lifting bells, I generally I'm lifting three days a week, but I have previously lifted four days a week. And like I said, one of those days was just a glove snatch day. Um, And so depending on what I'm lifting, like if I'm jerk If I'm doing a biathlon day that will usually take me two hours with warm-up and clean up chalking and clean up. Um, Sometimes I can get a shower in there too Um, and then I run three days a week so my next day would be a run day and I vary my run uh, distances or uh, times so Sometimes it will be like a 30 minute run or sometimes it will be, uh, by kilometers, but they usually try to do two 30 minute, uh, cardio days and one about 40 or 45. But recently I've just been doing kilometers. So I'm doing five kilometer run, seven kilometer run, and then 11 kilometer run in my week. Um, and on the five kilometer run day, if I was supposed to do a glove snatch, that would be the day like I'd do my five k run and then I'd do a glove snatch and that would be it. I have let my strength training slip and slide uh, since we reopened. Um, just so I don't want to be at the gym anymore.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah, I understand. And by uh, by, by strength trying. training is that is that adjunct like uh, like deadlifts, like deadlifts and barbell squats and, and things like like GPP yeah. strength training is that okay?
2: Totally, yeah, and I, I love that stuff, but it's it's something that comes in last for my programming.
1: Totally. So, totally. As it, and, as it should, if you're, if you're doing legit, if you're doing legit kettlebell volume and you're doing cardio and you're doing yeah. mobility, right. Those things are all higher priority to me than GPP in my, in my opinion.
2: Yeah. And, and really the GPP, like the strength stuff I do is not, it's not specific for kettlebell. It's more just like keeping my body strong. Like, so I just try to balance out with, you know, I'll do deadlift squats, pull-ups, dips or some sort of like shoulder stability exercise, some sort of a core uh, stability dead sort of dead bug type uh, exercise, just to try to try to keep my body in a, in a good and uh, strong and healthy position so that I can continue lifting and running. Um, But like I said, I, I haven't, I haven't, it's been at least two months since I've been doing that, but I had built myself up to do that consistently about one day a week. Um, but prior to that, um, since training with Charlie, with all the volume, I dropped all of my strength training for probably two years. So yeah, it hasn't been a regular, a regular part of my training. I started to make it a regular part and then COVID happened and it's not a regular part again. So that's, that's the thing that usually falls to the wayside. Yeah. So, and then I have a rest day. So, so I'm just, six- I was just, I was just going to ask,
1: do you have a yeah. day where you do absolutely nothing? Like, is there yeah. a day when it's just like, sit around and you know, yeah. just, just chill.
2: Totally. I love those days.
1: Um, <laughs> it's I love my, all- favorite, my favorite <laughs> session,
2: <laughs> my favorite session, the couch session, bring <laughs> me my chips. Um, so, so yeah, so. Right. So I'm doing three days a good days, a week of kettlebells, three days, a week of running, and then I have one day that I rest. And so usually I try to book my rest day on my busiest work day because my busiest work day is the last thing I feel like doing is training at the end of the day. And now with COVID, we can't, we have to use both sides of our gym for classes. So where I would usually be training on one side, we're using both sides for classes. Um, So there's no personal training or training myself from 5 p.m. onwards, 5 p.m. until like eight. I'm like, I'm not going to come back to the gym and do anything. So, um, I usually book my days off on the busiest days I have at the gym so that I don't have to worry about trying to squeeze it in somewhere. Cause sometimes I'm looking at my day and like, I got 45 minutes and then I'm like, yeah, I can do something 45 minutes. I'm like, wait, I gotta eat. Like I haven't even used the washroom or whatever. Right. So, um, those are usually my rest days and then I don't have to stress about trying to get my training in because I don't want it to be stressful either yeah the
1: the the joy of being an entrepreneur is that you get to decide which 14 hours of the days you work
2: yeah (laughs) (laughs) damn it No, it's good.
1: I'm lucky.
2: I'm not. I shouldn't complain. No,
1: but I, it is. I, it's a lot. <laughs> absolutely, but it's but it's clearly something that you're passionate about, which is which is great. I mean, it's uh, you, It seems like it seems like you're having fun. Um, so that's so that's good. Um, tell me a little bit about nutrition. We we haven't touched on nutrition very much, and that's something that I mean I, I need to do a better job about asking my guests about because, um, I think it's I think it's really important. And obviously, with the type of volume that you're doing, you got to feed the machine. So so tell totally. people a little bit about how, how you you nutrition?
2: Um, I eat what I want when I want. (laughs)
1: Um, Okay, I low key hate you right now.
2: (laughs) So um, I take the approach that no foods are off limit. Um, I've been there before. Uh, I didn't find it was a very healthy mindset for me. Um, So it was like a kind of a slow roll into like, just being way too strict with like with all my food like i'm not going to eat nuts unless they've been soaking overnight for 12 hours and like Mm. um juicing everything and uh dehydrating and yada yada yada. so i went that route and it wasn't healthy it wasn't a weight loss thing it was more like i've got to be uber healthy uh and it, it wasn't healthy um so now i take the approach of listening to my hunger cues which sometimes is hard when you're busy. Um, and stopping eating when I'm full. But other than that, I don't limit myself. And I've found that I've just worked to a place of, I'm having pro protein at most of my meals. Like for breakfast, I'll have a three egg omelet with egg whites and, um, mushrooms and spinach and whatever, some goat cheese. And then like, my oh, lunch will be awesome. <laughs> some. My lunch will be some sort of a wrap, and I usually have a pretty big breakfast. My l- lunch will be some sort of wrap filled with some meat, whatever. would a ground turkey, chicken. Uh, we just made some pulled pork last night. Um, some sort of vegetable and like whatever sauce. Um, in my snacks in between, I'll have some fruit. Sometimes I'll eat a bar, you know, depending on what the day is like. Um, Usually if I'm lifting doubles, I feel like I need to eat more carbs. So I'll eat like, like a cliff bar or like something that's like a high carb. Um, sometimes it'll be a chocolate bar. Sometimes I've eaten a donut. Um, but no
1: No judgment here. Carbs for performance, but that's, that's, that's where, that's where we have our donuts is before and after training. That's great. Totally.
2: Yeah. So, and then, um, for dinner, it will just be again, some sort of protein, vegetable, and carb, whether that will be, my carb will be rice or pasta or a wrap or very occasionally, we don't really eat a lot of bread, so there's not a lot of bread about, but sometimes like a burger or whatever. Um, but yeah, it's just, uh, I, I'm I'm pretty plain. Um, I do love cooking and I do love to experiment, but I haven't really taken the time to do a lot lately. So pretty boring like so my partner is uh he's a bodybuilder and he's very strict on his food and he weighs Mm. and he measures everything um but because he does that he does a lot of bulk cooking so it's pretty nice because I can just open the fridge and he will be like well there's a whole tray full of chicken breast so whatever I need to eat I'll just look in there and cut up a bunch of chicken breast and put it together with whatever veggies and carb I want and there you go um so yeah so i mean i'm not it's not really that exciting for
1: food but, you, but, but, I I mean, also, but i also i also don't it's, limit super, myself. it's super super useful though because uh, I, I, honestly in your house you have kind of the two ends of the spectrum right you uh, as far as two ends of the spectrum for what i for what i would consider like the health the healthy approaches to eating is like yeah. your 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 partner is on the 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 end of measure and weigh everything because i have a very specific physique goal and i have to i have to be very regimented in order to achieve the goals that i want and you have a much more intu- a much more intuitive mindfulness based approach where you're going to listen to your hunger and hunger and full cues and but you're both trying to make healthy choices about what you're putting in your body. You're just approaching yeah. how much of it to put in your body and when to do it in different manners based on your goals. I mean, th- those are both mm-hmm. completely valid approaches and, and one might work well for, for one person's goals and the other might work well for an, a different person's goals. I and mean, it sounds, sounds like that's an awesome, I think that's an, that's an awesome approach. It sounds like it's working really well for you. I mean, obviously the, the results kind of speak for themselves as far as, mm-hmm. as far as what you, what you can live with and the results that you get on the platform. So that's, that's fantastic. Mm -hmm.
2: I mean, I can definitely tell when I haven't eaten enough, you know, if I've had a busy day and then I go and try to get anything out of my training and it's like, no. And honestly, on those days, it will be like, go get yourself a brownie. Like I'll just eat something that's like just straight sugary carb because I'm like this is what I need right now and it just makes such a big big difference in my it's it's, it's in insane my training. right
1: like yeah. I I've, I've noticed that same I've noticed that same thing and it it wasn't until I started getting back into tracking during covid because I was doing very much a mindfulness approach but prior to, to covid um, but now things are so nebulous and like you know sometimes you're 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 working from home sometimes you're homing from work and it's it's very it's very weird um, and I'll notice kind of like you were mentioning like there are times when I'm like oh crap, I I haven't eaten for for four, five, six hours. And then I'm like, Mm -hmm. oh, but it's, it's, I've got, I've got 30 minutes and then I've got to be on the zoom call with all of my athletes and shit, I'm, I'm 700 calories short of of where I'm supposed to be right now. Um, So I'll go eat a, I'll go eat a banana or something because I don't want to have, I can't stuff 700 calories or I'll be sick, you know? So, yeah, and I'm just going to, I'm just going to go crush this banana and hopefully that'll be enough. And you know, some days, some days that's enough that it works, but there are also days where I've noticed like, oh, if I'm not, I'm not where I need to be calorically my my lifting definitely definitely suffers so it's uh, yeah,
2: and brain power too like especially if you're like leading a zoom class you can't think, you can't think <laughs> it's just gone right
1: you're like uh right well uh, unfortunately my athletes suffer the consequences sometimes i've I've mentioned before where they're like like oh yeah all right it's time to go we've had our three minutes of rest and they're like coach it's we've got another minute yet we've 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 still got another minute and i'm like oh good oh okay great (laughs) good thing y'all are paying attention because i totally i totally would have started us a minute early or i have started people a minute early and then and yeah. they're like, Yeah, you, you cut you cut us on a minute of rest. I'm like, Well, now I know that you can do it on two minutes you of rest. You deserve it. Instead yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so. uh,
2: Well,
1: uh, I know you I know you're super busy and I appreciate you taking taking the time. So I want to be respectful of your time. Yeah. I know you're very, very busy. So I'm I'm gonna Everybody, let I'm gonna let you everybody's go.
2: busy. We're all busy.
1: As, absolutely. But thank I, but, you. Yeah. I, yeah. I I appreciate you coming on so much. Um, cool. I'm going to, I'm going to ask one, I'm going to ask one more question before we go. Yeah. And I, I want to know, what is, what is your mindset when it comes to your approach to kettlebell sport? Are you trying to be the best or are you trying to be your best?
2: Uh, my best. I honestly could care less. Well, that being said, I couldn't care less. <laughs> <laughs> I do get inspired by other people's, uh, stats and numbers and it it does make things feel more achievable when I see people put up some really good numbers and then sometimes as someone's close to you it kind of lights a little bit of a fire under your butt but I've never been super concerned with what anybody else is doing and I think that stems from maybe the fact that like there wasn't a lot of competition when starting like Hmm. any competition that I've gone or used to go to and still do I'm up there by myself like there's no there's no one in my weight category or there's no one doing the same lift as me or no one's doing the same event so it's very rare that I actually have someone I'm competing against so it's it's all like for me it's all about me progressing like I just want to see my numbers improve and I want to see my technique improve with Uh, certain lifts and as I increase in weight right like that I want to see that that jerk portion become stronger and stronger right so um, yeah it's, it's never really been about anybody else it's always been about just seeing how far I can push myself and how far I can go and what my potential is and and maybe this also comes back a little bit to the the rowing thing in in high school is that So my first year rowing, I, uh, I think I told you, I just barely made the, uh, the team. I was, I was on as a spare. It was me and another girl that were the bottom two and I beat her on a run. So I got to be on there at the team as a spare. And in that rowing season, uh, I ended up getting to the top of that group. And my coach at that point was like, I think your ERG is ranked like six in the world. And I was like, really? And so that kind of was like, okay, this is crazy. And then I got called by the the Vic city coach and he said, you want to come and join our varsity team? And I was like, all right. So that was like my first year rowing. So obviously like I had potential then, but I didn't really know what to do with it. And I also assumed that it was always going to be there. So over the three years I rode, I think I stopped putting the effort in because I felt like, Oh, well I'm pretty good now. Right. Like this is Mm. like, yeah i'm right like i, I i'm talented about,
1: and therefore don't have to work as hard
2: yeah right and I, I forgot how much work i put in starting at the very bottom of the team to get to the top of the team because it was like oh i suck i gotta work real hard to get anywhere and then also of a i was like oh you're at the top of the team and you kind of feel like oh i'm just gonna stay there but you don't and then like my last year rowing, i got moved to the junior varsity team and i was like what <laughs> how, did get, how did i get here right i used to beat all those people um, and then, you know, you're 17 and your friends are partying and you want to party and maybe you want a life that doesn't involve waking up at 5am and going to practice and then getting off <laughs> yeah. school and, and going to practice. Right. So yeah, I kind in, of dropped out of Being in the boat that. by 6am. Totally. And, uh, one of the ladies that I, I rode with is actually a family friend ended up continuing on and she was someone that I used to beat. And she made the Olympics and she uh, won a silver medal in the, um, how many years ago was that? It wasn't very long ago, maybe four, four or five years um, in the lightweight pair and she, she won silver and she wow. took herself pretty far. And I was like, I always looked at that with a bit of regret and being like, oh, if I really <laughs> like, I should have just tried harder. Like, what was I doing? But I wasn't at the age and like, it wasn't the time I wasn't ready. But so I kind of take that a little bit into like my kettlebell sport is like, I'm never going to sit back and just be like, oh, I'm here now. Cause y- it's constant work. You got to continue to work. And, and I want to see where my potential is. And I never got to see that with rowing cause I gave up.
1: Mm. So
2: that's something that kind of drives me to keep going and to get better. Is like, I, I don't want to give up again. Right? Like, I don't, I don't want to just be like, okay. I'm here now. Time to maybe move on to something else. Uh, like let's, let's see where I can go. Let's see where my potential is. Like let's keep pushing that, that limit, uh, and see where the edge is.
1: That's awesome. I, w- I won't ask you what you think the limit is. I'm going to ask you what's next. What's the next, <laughs> what's, what's the next goal that you're trying to hit? Just the next, what's the next goal you're trying to hit? Next goal.
2: Well, I, I want I want a strong 24 K triathlon. Nice. Like, I want, I want, I did 24K triathlon last year in Oakland, but again, it was split over the three days. So Friday was long cycle and then jerk and then snatch or whatever, right? So it was over the three days. So it wasn't a true triathlon. And the. Yeah, you were totally
1: cheating. Oh, it was totally cheating.
2: The (laughs) only set that felt good was, I mean, not even the snatch was probably the one that felt the strongest. And so like it, they weren't solid reps that didn't feel strong. Um, I mean, my numbers were okay, but like I just want to feel strong with those bells and I want a strong set and a strong result with those three lifts. So that's what I'm working towards now. So I'm just, just starting to, to get back into those 24s again. I did a couple of uh, five one and ones with the 24 with long cycles the other day and I was like, Okay. Okay, we're here again. Like I remember this (laughs) battle. Um, So that's that's what I wanna wanna work towards now.
1: Who knows how long it will take? I I just want I just want it to feel good. I don't I don't know when I'll get there, but I'll know it when I feel it. That is that is that is is truly a kettlebell athlete right there.
2: We, have, we all have those sets where you're just like, oh, that felt so strong. Like, not like it was easy, right? You finish the 10-minute set and you're no, like gasping yeah. for air, but you're like, that just felt so strong. Yeah, so that's what, that's what I've I'm never thinking. had an
1: easy 10-minute set, but I've had some no. that felt good and some that felt like a walk through hell.
2: <laughs> totally, right? Where you're like, minute one, you're like, this is this is going to suck,
1: but I got to <laughs> do
2: it. Like And then you're just like, oh, my God, it's been 30 seconds. I'm going to die. But you don't um yeah anyway so awesome. that's that's what my goal who knows awesome. how long it'll take to get there but i'm working for it
1: well i'm i'm sure you i'm sure you will will get there and i'm i'm excited to i'm excited to see what uh, what you and some of the other badass women of this sport are starting to do with uh you know, doing twenty doing twenty four kilo stuff is is awesome. To see to seeing the women coming and and throwing around throwing around serious weight and 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 putting up numbers that, you know, a few years ago, you know, many of the many of the Russian coaches or many of the athletes would have been like, oh no, no, women shouldn't do that. You know, I love. Yeah. I love seeing that. It makes me it makes me so happy, especially as as I as I'm now getting my, my daughter into, into kettlebells. She's six years old and she's starting to do awesome. kettlebell kettlebells next to me. You know, uh, on occasion, it it makes me it makes me very happy to be able to show her videos from, from people like you and you know and Kim Fox and Jess DiBiase, You know, to, to show them that you, you can you can kick ass at this. So it's great. Yeah, cool. That's exciting. Well, Carissa, thank you so much for coming on. I, hey, I really appreciate no your time and it was a lot yeah. of fun and I, I look forward to uh, being able to get out to BC at some point after uh, the travel cool. the travel is allowed yeah. and everything and, and getting getting on a platform uh, in your gym. So I really appreciate your awesome. time. Cool.
2: Well, good thank
1: talking you. to you today. Thank
2: you
0: for you having too. me thank, on. Thank you so much. Cool. Have a good one. You too. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Platform Podcast. I'm Jordan Kundi Wright. If you have a question, please email me at club at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Twin Cities Kettlebell Club, on Twitter at TCKBClub, online at club.com. And please help us grow our reach and give us a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Until next time.